We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. Sees a whole burst to it. 20. Side steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones needs a tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo for our first installment of the tour around the league. That's right, it's back. Giving you the look at all the NFL, including the NFC West. We're starting today with the Arizona Cardinals. Ed Smith, man, one of my favorites. Come on, talk about the, the Cardinals. I want to go before we do. We want to let you know that we're part of the Blue Wire Network. Please make sure you check them out on their website. They bring all kinds of magic at BlueWirePods.com. Any team, almost every sport, go check it out. BlueWirePods.com. And also, make sure you check out us on social media as well. Help us grow. We're trying to get bigger and better this year. We're right back to word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com All right, as you guys know, if you follow the tour in the league in the past, what we normally do is I record this stuff after the draft, and we continue posting it throughout the summer. So in this case, it's actually a very unique time here where we talk with Ed Smith because we talked with Ed Smith before the Cardinals released DeAndre Hopkins. And then a day later, they they released him. So we're actually going to have two parts to this recording in that I got a hold of Ed afterward to get his thoughts. So there's still good content prior to the dropping. And then we went and got back his word. So here you go. Here's Ed Smith from the Believe in Carlos podcast. Check it out. All right, folks. Our tour in the league, 2023 tour in the league, is now underway. And our first stop is with the Arizona Cardinals. One of our favorites, Ed Smith from Believe in Cardinals, is here with us to talk a little bit about what the Cardinals have been doing. Uh, Ed and I always have some great conversations. I've been on his show numerous times. It's almost always a, I mean, not, I, don't even, I can't even say almost. I can't say almost. It's always a good conversation. I cannot think of one time. We've been in either one of our shows together, and it's not been a good conversation. Oh, we always have some good ones, man. It's going to be juicy now and probably through the season, you know, especially, you know, the direction of these two organizations. But always great to be on with you, Derek. Well, I'm glad to have you. And I guess right away, for those who are been, you know, hiding, don't know much about what's going on with the Cardinals, what has changed? We know Kingsbury's gone. What else has changed there in Arizona? Oh, man, we got a new GM uh, with Monty Fort, new head coach with Gannon. Uh, we've got a quarterback that's probably going to be on the shelf until mid to late late season, and that's an, that's an early estimate if you ask me. These ACLs, Derek, you know, depending on when they happen, I know they're better with the surgeries and they're no longer in an automatic year of inactivity, but with the quarterback, the the attributes, obviously, of one Kyler Murray are his legs, one of his most valuable assets, um, and and the fact that this year might be one of those years where, toward the end of it, it might not be that important for them to win a bunch of games. You know, with the the draft, you know, always in the outside of everybody's mind, that you know you might get to the end middle part of the season, and they might consider shutting Kyler down for. Uh, the re- the remainder of the year. And then you throw in um, DeAndre Hopkins, disgruntled, made it known way before the draft that he didn't want to be here and wanted to be traded and then has since gone back on that. You know, now it's, you know, oh, happy day. He wants to be here. We'll see how long that lasts. And then the rock of the organization, one Buda Baker, same thing. You know, uh, right before the draft, he was pretty much, letting the Cardinals know that he did not want to be here. Neither one of them have been here for the initial OTAs. So, you know, and obviously everybody's trying to make, like, oh, it's no big deal. Those are voluntary, you know. Uh, It hasn't been an issue in the past for either one of them to be there. Uh, So just so much going on. Uh, It seems like we're heading in all the wrong directions. Uh, Obviously, with new head coach and new GM, they're trying to establish a new environment here. But it, you know, God bless them. They they've taken over a mess, and they're trying to do all the right things. It's just, man, I'm telling you, it's not the way you want to start your uh, off season. And it's been it's been brutal to this point. We're gonna see where we go in terms of through the off season. Those we obviously get to training camp. You try to put on a happy face, and we'll see what this 2023 season is gonna look like. But man, Derek, it's you know, this is one of those spots where everybody around the league is picking the Cardinals to have one bad, bad season. And, you know, they so far it hasn't been one of those things where, you know, it looks like it's going to get much better anytime soon. So hate to sound so dismal, but man, it's not good times over here right now. Well, Matt, that's that's 
that's a different point of view. Coming from the outside looking in, I was not a big fan of Kingsbury. So I was kind of like, well, gee, Kingsbury's gone. Maybe they can turn a corner here. Uh, and you already had these cornerstones you mentioned, Buda Baker and DeAndre Hopkins. I, heard, I saw a little bit just the last few days about Hopkins. And yet I'm looking at your draft and you go out there and you get your tackle in the first round, you get, mm-hmm. get an edge guy that many people on the Rams side were, were wanting, Ojolari. Yeah. And it seems like you guys had a solid draft. How do you assess the draft in, in relation to all this? It was a good draft. You know, that's one of the highlights. And if nothing else, they restored, you know, meaning the new GM and head coach at least restored a little confidence in me in terms of how they approached the draft. It wasn't about the shiny bells and whistles. You know, obviously they went out and they did, you know, they addressed the offensive line, which I've been screaming about for the last four years through Kime and, and Kingsbury. So they are at least seeming to do the right thing. One of the, this, not disappointing things, but just one of the signs of how bad it might get before it gets any better is the fact that in free agency, Derek, we went out and, and rightfully so, they did not spend on any like what you call high-end free agents. So we didn't bring anybody in here to to like which would be like almost shading toward an immediate fix what they did they signed a bunch of guys on and familiar faces at that obviously gannon um coming from philly you know austin fort from tennessee uh, by way of new new england they they went out and spent very little brought some familiar faces in on some of these short one and two year contracts and it's kind of like fillers. They're just kind of, you know, obviously, we all have to have a roster. So they're getting guys in here that, you know, not top of the line, but they'll serve a purpose over the next couple of years, which will be basically just to get through it as they begin to establish the, and like I said, they're they're looking to bring quality guys in who match their mission and their, like, I guess, you know, that old, uh, you know, adage of, you know, bringing quality you know, minds in here to, to match their philosophy. But, you know, as far as a quick fix, it's not going to be one. This is, they've stripped this thing down to the bone, which I don't blame them because quite honestly, the way Kime and Kingsbury did their business over the last bunch of years, it, man, it has not been good. So they stripped it down to the bone and their plan is, you know, we're not looking to be good this year, maybe even next year, but we're going to, try to grow it, like I said, from the bottom floor up. And, you know, my my thing for the fans is, hey, be prepared. They, they're going to look different. You know, there's going to be a different sound by, you know, some of these interviews that you'll hear. Not the same old, same old from Kingsbury we've been listening to for the last few years. It's going to be a little bit of despair, but we're building. So be prepared for that word to be used a lot. We're building towards something. But the immediate, it's not going to look pretty. And that's primarily just because, like I said, we don't have any players in here. And then you obviously you throw in the fact that Kyler is hurt. You, you know, he's not going to be coming back 100%. Um, it could look real bad as they start to try to, you know, put this plan together over the next couple of years. And you always hear about, you know, rebuilding. And, and, and this is going to be a true, like I said, break it down to the studs. And let's see where we go from here. But, man, I'm telling you, it's, uh, I'm preparing for some lean days as far as win totals. What you might see as a better, um, you know, the, like the players will look better, at least meaning the philosophy of the, of the offense, defense, special teams, you know, different vibe around here. But as far as the end results, I don't think it's going to look pretty for at least a couple of years. Now, you mentioned Buda Baker and. DeAndre Hopkins, what exactly, I'm going to zone on Baker first, what exactly is his problem right now? I can, I can understand Hopkins a little more. Why, what's Baker's problem? It's the contract. Uh, you know, Buddha's coming to the last uh, couple years of his contract, and part of it is, especially being a foreign player, never, never someone on his level, Derek, but, you know, he's looking at the next couple years, as I mentioned, it's going to be a rebuild, and he's looking at, like two years left on his contract, he's thinking, am I going to go out here and throw my body around and risk and sacrifice, and they're not willing to extend me? Now, 
the Cardinals philosophy, obviously it's new regime. They're like, look, you still got two years left on your deal. We don't feel comfortable negotiating that far out, even though Kyler Murray put the prior regime's feet to the to the coals and he got them early, right? So uh, Buddha's looking out for his future. He's like, I'm, you know, I want extension on the back end of this. And the organization's like, well, we'll get there eventually. And he's, you know, rightfully, rightfully so, he's looking at what the, uh, you know, the overall outlook for this organization is not good. We got, I think they're over under this year was four and a half games, something like that. So say you're playing on a team that wins four or five games. Obviously, there's, you know, the immediate, I mean, for players, some guys are playing for their futures to, to, to you know, to get to where Buddha is. Buddha's already there, and he's thinking, I'm going to give you guys two years as we try to rebuild this, and with no guarantee that you're going to keep me around toward the end of it. So that's, a, that's what it's all about for Buddha. Buddha's thinking long-term for himself. You know, hey, I'm giving this organization many a year, and you guys should reward me, give me a little change, you know, maybe – you know, a few years extension, and the organizations think the exact opposite. We love you, Buddha, and you know we're very happy about what you've done uh, leading up to this point. But we're not really not willing to open the pocketbook up and and uh, give you that money right now. And it's a conflict of interest. Player wants this, organization wants that, and that's why immediately he's like, well, you know, in his his mind, he's like, well, one, you're not gonna give me the extension, get me out of here. I want to go somewhere where they're looking to win right now. So this, that's just all the other. It's just a, it's a mess out here for so many different reasons. That's that's kind of Buddha's situation right now. Do you see this as a situation where he does force himself out? I'm not sure if he has the power to do that. It'll all come down to Derek whether because he, he's been you know, and I, I don't like using those terms like loyal soldier and all because it's not war. This is football. It's you know, but he's been very loyal to the organization. He's talking about a dude that has left it all on the field. He had a high ankle sprain last this past season where on a team that was absolutely going nowhere. He had a high ankle sprain, and they were like, Buddha might be out for several weeks. And, man, that dude didn't miss a game. He was right back out there. So we know what he's brought to the table in terms of when you, when you have Buddha in those meeting rooms uh, on the field, he's going to give you every single ounce of what he has in his in his on his body and his soul. At the same time, you know, the organization's looking at it from their perspective. You know, you got two years left on the deal. We're not even going to talk till we get to that last year. And, you know, unless he holds out, which, you know, in normal situations, he's probably the first dude in for these OTAs and, you know, there and front and center. And obviously this is our first example of or taste of, hmm, you know, maybe things are different. Maybe he might hold out or basically let them know. And, you know, I, I need a, these are my destinations. You need, need to do the best for in terms of finding me, uh, my next spot. But like I said, it becomes a tug of war from there. Do they, who flinches first? You know, does he decide am I coming in for camp? And then you get to a point where they start finding him or does he say, okay, whatever, I'm going to come in, I'm going to do what I do. And you guys need to work on this in the meantime. It's going to get really, really interesting because like I said, this is one of those situations where it's a first for, for many, you know, Buddha's been that guy has been there all the time, every day. This might be, um, you know, um, an obstacle that the, the current um, front office and coaching staff might not be able to overcome with him though. Now, Deandre Hopkins, I understand a little more. He got traded to Arizona to be that guy. He expected to be winning there. He expected to be part of the explosive offense there. And now they're rebuilding a couple years into his tenure. For him, is there a solution for him? Or is, is this the case where he too is trying to push his way out? He's a complicated dude for a lot of different reasons, Derek. One is he had that suspension last year for the PEDs. So that, in, in essence, that, from my understanding, it voided his no trade clause. So he had that in his contract. When he was suspended for the PEDs, that kind of made it where now the Cardinals can pretty much send him wherever they want. The problem is his contract. He's got a lot of money. He's owed a lot of money. He's a dude that doesn't like to practice. You know, anybody who watched the hard knocks last year, and obviously we've been witness to it for the past couple of years, his, you know, he, I don't know whether he just thinks he's above it or maybe he is always hurt during the week, but he always seems to find his way out there on the, field for Sundays, but he does not like to practice. And I guarantee you, Derek, the 
incoming regime is like, okay, well, things are going to change around here with all types of players, not just Kyler, because Kyler's under the gun a little bit, you know, when he does eventually make his return, but they're also probably looking at DeAndre like, you know, hey, dude, from this point moving forward, we expect you out there every single week to practice if you're going to be here and give us everything you got. The other thing about DeAndre, he's looking at it from a standpoint of he's near those 30s now as a receiver, obviously getting a little long in the tooth. He might have this one opportunity for one more big contract. What does that entail? That means going out and catching a whole bunch of balls. Well, if Kyler's not going to be there for the first six, eight, ten weeks, maybe even beyond that, who's he going to be catching balls from? You know, we got David Blau in here. We've got uh, Colt McCoy. You know, he's not going to be catching balls from Kyler Murray to start the season, and that could derail him as far as his numbers, which means derailing him in terms of getting that last big contract. So there's multiple reasons for him not to be here. And that, that again, will be interesting to see where he fits in. Does he say, look, I'm here. I know it's new, you know, front office, coaching staff. I'm going to give you guys everything I got. Or is it, hey, you guys need to be looking for that next destination for me too because I don't want to be here, which initially that was his stance. He was like, trade me. I want out. Then when the draft came and went and no one was interested, especially because of those, like, those scary contract numbers, there was a, a belief at one point, Derek, that the Cardinals' best route was to just flat out release him. But you get nothing for him in return. So, you know, cooler heads probably prevailed. And it was like, you know, DeAndre, we couldn't trade you during the draft. You know, stick around. We'll see what we can do during the offseason. But at the same time, they're not going to stand for foolishness. And you know, we, we know this is not going to be a winning season for the Cardinals. not going to be a, ball, a lot of balls in the air probably from – a uh, receiver standpoint when you're you know relying on some of the guys we might have under center so there's a lot of reasons for him to look to get out and there's also a lot of reasons for the cardinals to look to try to get from under that contract and uh, possibly use him as trade bait for some picks etc uh, as they try to rebuild this thing so looking at this roster overall now heading into 2023 what do you see as the strengths if any, judging by what you're, how you're talking, <laughs> and there's obviously a lot of weaknesses. So, what are some things the Cardinals? Let's let's yeah, let's rephrase this. What are some things the Cardinal fans can look forward to for next year in terms of how this roster is built? That's a great question, Derek. Uh, I guess the thing that I would be most encouraged about, and you know, interestingly enough, it might not actually be on the field. What as far as particular talent? It might be the direction of the coaching staff, a, a new voice, um, new leadership, just a better overall kind of you know environment within the locker room, and that includes that includes and starts with our young quarterback. Meaning, you know, he's got to be held a little more accountable. Uh, I I doubt seriously whenever he gets back in lineup. I could never envision him walking off the field screaming at his new head coach, calm the F down. He was able to get away with stuff like that with Kingsbury. He pretty much ran the roost here, uh, strong-armed them into giving him an early contract when they didn't have to do it. You know, they're 230 large in the hole right now, so a lot of things are going to start with, one, his performance and his mentality once he comes back. Um as far as on the field, I guess you would say some of this young talent that they're bringing in, meaning draft-wise, because as you mentioned, it was a decent draft. Maybe some of the high-character guys that they've been looking for to get in. They might not have the talent, but hopefully with some of the free agents they've bought in on some of these short contracts, you know, better mindset. So work, get out there and work. And, and you know, obviously we're, we just talked about um, – with DeAndre Hopkins, you know, maybe even his veteran leadership, they can start to use him more in those aspects. But, you know, we're, we got so many holes on this team, Derek. The offensive line, after years of neglect, is starting from the ground. Um, you know, quarterback, we got an injured one with backups all over the place. Uh, running game, you got, a, you know, Connor here. Uh, not saying he's on his last leg, but, you know, he's not somebody I would, you know, he's constantly nicked and dinged. 
though you know he's even a question mark. Uh, why was you know you just go down the list the Reds roster you know we've lost over the last bunch of years you got retirements by JJ Watt um, we've lost some guys in free agency cornerbacks we're going to have a couple young guys out there we hope that we can kind of groom they're going to going to be kind of like uh, trial by fire you got a lot of guys going to be learning on the on the run uh, so you know strengths of this team. Let's just say the strengths are there are no expectations of them being good anytime soon. So if you just coming and looking for a bunch of dudes, hopefully flying around with their new head coach and trying to make a name for themselves, um, that would, you know, I'd be encouraged by, like I said, just a whole new message and a whole new, uh, I guess, environment here, you know. But, you know, we got so many holes, it's not going to look pretty. and I'm not expecting much. Uh, now, the better question would be, or you know, even a, a different question in terms of what do we ever improve on? I would say everything. But, you know, so it doesn't look good out here, Derek. Let's I'm, I hate to to say that, and especially for Cardinals fans looking for that light at the end of the tunnel. There's a light, but it's a it's a train. It's not necessarily, uh, you know, like things are looking up. So, looking at the schedule. It's it's not by any stretch of imagination imagination easy, but it's not you know too terribly difficult. But listening to the conversation and listening to what you're saying, look at what they've given up. I see maybe maybe four or five wins next year. What would you go? What would you say the over under is for them? Four or five? I, yeah, I I think they were their their over under for the season is four point five. So. That just goes to show. I, I'm always like, how the heck does Vegas, when they put these scenes together, obviously they've they've got incredible people doing these jobs, but that's probably spot on. Four and a half would be the safe bet. And during any NFL season, I've been there. You always there's one that at the end of the year, like, how the heck did they pull that one off? And then there's a couple like, wow, they just blew that one because they were supposed to win that. And I'll tell you an interesting thing, something I've already seen and they're they're not and it's early obviously we're in may we're not even at memorial day yet but they're not favored currently favored in one game this week this year this coming season Derek. so for a team to not be favored in not one game and all of your home games everything included you're not favored to win to to win one of them and i guess when it's all said and done it's going to be like you know the the ones that they actually do win it's going to you know What's that with Bull Durham? Uh, when the head coach he threw everybody in the in the shower and threw the bats in there, he's like, "What's our record? Eight and eight and eighteen. How did we win eight? It's a miracle. That's what it's going to kind of be like. It's going to be four and a half is the the, the over under. They might get the four. They might get the five. It's going to be how did they do that? Because it it could be pretty ugly. Yeah, I mean, we're we're watching over here and thinking, okay, how ugly is going to be for the Rams? Yeah, and it's going to be ugly. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I'm a little surprised that the Rams are favored in both matchups head the next year. Just as much breakdown as there is, but yeah. I think that says more about the change taking place out there in Arizona than anything else. We we already knew that the Rams were gonna were, were breaking. Yeah, down, so and I I would say for this season, Derek, it's not going to be about the wins and losses. It's literally going to be how do they look in those bunch of losses and whatever wins they get. If you see guys out there flying around, and obviously we got, we got a very capable head coach in here with Gannon from a great environment over there in Philly, obviously going all the way to the Super Bowl. So it's going to be more about how they look in those 12 to 14 losses, whatever wins they got, those will be good. But if you see guys out there flying around, if you, during the week, you know, obviously we're all out there covering them, if you just how the, the the words, the way the organization is talking, um, you know, doing interviews, it's it's a place where everybody's all got the same message and they're relaying it. Those are going to be the key things that I'm looking for. Um, and, I, you know, and I always go back to it. The year I went to Atlanta, my first season there, uh, you know, Coach Dan Reeves took, took over a team that abysmal, you know, in that first uh eight of the 
uh, first season, we were one and seven. We ended up on a six and two run to finish the season, which was great. It started showing signs of life. But those first few that that off season and those first few weeks of the season, while we were taking our beating, it, it was you could tell things were they were different. Even though we were losing, there was a different vibe, and that's what I'll be looking for with the Cardinals. You know, the record might not reflect it, but if these guys are out there doing everything that the head coach is saying, they might just be lacking in talent. But you can tell that guys are, are getting the message and they're applying it. And, you know, that goes from everything from the study habits to, you know, on and on the field. I'll give you something real quick. One of the, Obviously, we had the, the insight watching Hard Knocks last year uh, with the Cardinals, uh, Derek. And I, I could not remember. I could not forget uh, so many episodes I'm watching it. Uh, the horn will go off. And, you know, like get to get guys to get to the next whatever they were doing, the next uh, pass, you know, uh, yeah. uh, drill or that. Those are just lollygagging, you know, walking to where they want to go. And I know the cameras were there and they but I mean, there was no sense of urgency. There was no sense of, you know, hey, let's be on the hop, you know, and Kingsbury, he was like their buddy out there, you know. And that is for me, that was always like, wow, this is how you run your your camp, how you, you know. And it's not about um, the old school of, you know, head coach yelling and screaming and, and guys running in fear. No, that's not. But when you have a tempo, when you have everybody on alert, like this is how we do things around here. It's quick. You know, we're running to our drills. We're, we're attentive to every uh, thing that's going on in our meetings. You know, I, I just, you know, I got a sense last over the last few years, Kingsbury ran a very loose ship. That's to say the least. So I'll be keeping an eye on those things that are behind the scenes. You know, guys, like I said, on the on the hop. As somebody used to always hear, hey, when we move, it's on the hop. You know, every dudes are screaming. And, you know, we'll see what how Gannon does it. But like I said, it'll it, it can't be any much worse than 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 what I've seen over these last few years. And like I said, the wins or losses, it might take a while for them to come, but watching what's going on behind the scenes, that's what I'm gonna have my eyes on. All right, well, can you let people know where they can find your work when they can, when they can catch your show? I mean, you always hey, provide good content. First off, brother, I, it's always, again, like, we, we talk at least a couple to three times every year as far as doing our shows around. I love what you do. Keep on doing your thing, man. I love being on with you. Uh, for anybody who's looking for myself, Javon, and I, we do the Believe in the Cardinals podcast. We, you know, we also do the Easy Sports Talk show. Uh, which can be seen on uh, KDUS 1060 AM out here. Uh, also on our Facebook page. If you go to the Easy Sports Talk, so you catch that online there. Um, Twitter, same handle and link. Our uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. So everything's at Ed Smith Speaks. And if you like to follow some of the additional things I'm doing, go to my website, edsmithspeaks.com. It'll keep you up on everything going on with the show. I got the book on there, different things. So. Like I said, man, keep doing what you do. Cause I, oh, I always love tapping in with you and and uh, keeping a good follow with you. And I really appreciate that. As always, looking forward to this season. I'm sure we'll chop it up quite a bit, folks. Yes, sir, Ed Smith with Believe in Cardinals, also the Easy Talk Sports Show. Make sure you check them out on Saturdays. Right, this is Saturdays, right? Yes, sir. 10 a.m. to noon out here in Arizona. All right. Well, thanks so much. We'll see you soon. All right, so and here we go. Here's part two of that, where he actually gives his reaction to DeAndre Hopkins being released. Here we go. All right, so, Ed, we're back after a one-day break to, to piece our episode together because in that one day, it had to be one day between we recorded our tour in the league, Don, DeAndre Hopkins, because it's not just – removed from the team Ooh, the trade. No, 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 no. They cut him. They cut him. Uh, I'm shocked. I'm not so shocked that he got moved after our conversation the other day, but I'm shocked they cut him. Can you fill us in? What's going on? Yeah, that, you know, you and I had a, a great conversation the other day and, you know, a lot of it or some of it revolved around DeAndre and kind of the, of the up in the air kind of feel we had here. Obviously, uh, over this offseason, both he and uh, Buddha re- requested trades. And, and then all of a sudden, a couple weeks ago, or not even that long ago, DeAndre made it known, hey, who wants to be traded? Not me. I'm good here. 
And then he goes on and into it has an interview about where he would like to be traded. So it's been very crazy here. And then obviously we get the news that DeAndre has traded today, or not traded, but simply outright cut. And that was my biggest question, Derek, was, okay, uh, what are they going to do as far as DeAndre Hopkins? Are they going to be able to find a trade partner? My biggest, or at least the thing that I'm thinking is somewhere in this offseason, there had to be a drop-dead date that he might have been a do some money. Uh, you know, obviously with these rosters, he might have had a roster bonus or his roster became fully guaranteed at some point. And the Cardinals just said, you know what, forget it. We, we ended with other teams knowing that he didn't want to necessarily be here. His value goes down as far, as far as what other teams would even offer. And the Cardinals are thinking it's not even worth the headache. And I'm thinking they just probably said, you know, what, forget it. Let's just go ahead and cut bait now and be done with it. One less headache on our books. And that seems like exactly what happened because this is a dude close to the, I think he might be 30 or close to it, whatever it is, but yeah, he's 30. I'm looking at it right now. He's got some tread still on the tires. And for the Cardinals to say, hey, it's not even worth it, you know, things are not bad in, on the inside. And, you know, like I said, this is just the, uh, what they figured e the easiest way to handle this was just to let him go. And that just totally shocked me, man. It just, but it shows, like I said, the Cardinals, they're just stripping this thing. We said it a few times in our previous chat. They are stripping this thing to the bone. And it is going to be a very lean season here. And this is, you know, another sign that front office are not playing. They're, like I said, they, they're going to start from, they're, they're starting from scratch, uh, period. And this is just another sign. But not even, not even a, a seventh round or a sixth round pick. They said, forget this. You I mean, you could have got something for him, couldn't you? I mean, just something, well, the, anything. The, I'm, I'm thinking exactly like you. The problem, though, Derek, is someone would have had to inherit that horrible contract. If you trade for him, you inherit that horrible contract that comes with DeAndre Hopkins. This way, he is, and I'm not sure if there was like a buyout or settlement or something. He's maybe partial, you know, I know some of his money is going to count toward the salary cap. That's something the Cardinals will have to deal with. But right now, any team that picks him up, it's a flat rate of whatever they offer him not that huge contract that he was due. I think he uh, was caught. He was uh, like 19 million on the cap for the Cardinals or some crazy number like that going into this season. So by them releasing, and they'll probably get some relief relief from that. And the other teams who were not going to pick him up at that salary. Now they can go after him. Now it's a free for all because any team can offer him and he can go anywhere because he was cut, but nobody's on the hook for that. 19 million or whatever he was owed this year so that was the biggest thing you know cardinals weren't going to pay it now and other teams are like well we're not even giving up a seven round pick to, you know to bring deandre hopkins in here but it's gonna cost us 19 million or whatever the number is now they can go offer him whatever he wants the bidding war starts where he goes is anybody's guess but it's he'll take a, probably a reduced salary obviously a cut in his salary because nobody's on the hook for that uh contract yeah, I was re I was reading twenty two million dollars this year, and then they're done now. But after this year, yep. they won't owe me anything else. So they yeah. they they kind of pulled what a Rams a Rams have done. The Rams have done the same thing. They just in some cases they just let people go, and ate the dead money, and and that was it. And the Cardinals yeah. were taking a page out of their book. We have two teams uh, racing for that top slot in the twenty twenty four draft in the NFC West. Well, Ed, thanks so much. Just want to get that quick update on what we just uh, recorded the other day, and uh, we'll talk again. Comes coming up. I'm sure anytime, Derek. Hey, anytime, brother. Thanks. All right. So I think right now, what kind of blows my mind about Hopkins being released is the Cardinals did not trade him, did not move him. They they didn't even bother trying to figure something out. They just cut him. They just took the heat for it. And that tells me that the relationship was done. It also tells me they're ready to move on. So there you go. All right. So moving on. I have Sean Green here for the Die Hard Eagles podcast, ready to preview the 2023 Philadelphia Eagles. Check it out. All right, folks. Our next installment of the tour run the league. 2023, I have Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast and the Die Hard Eagles Podcast 
on the Blue Wire Network. And we're going to get in touch with his green side. Not the money this time, his team, the Eagles, and see where they are coming off a Super Bowl loss and a, a, a great season and a roster that's stacked. Tell me about this. Like, you guys come off a Super Bowl loss. It's just stacked roster. Where's this team going now? Because if I'm an Eagles fan, I, I'm thinking we're going right back there, baby. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, as an Eagles fan, it's always scary to come in with such high expectations. But even if I was to be cynical and look at this roster, it's really hard to poke holes in this roster. You have Jalen Hurts, who, again, was in the mix for MVP. Uh, if it wasn't for him, you know, missing a couple games there at the end, maybe he gets that. Uh, the defense is uh, it should get a ton of pressure. I mean, led the league in sacks last year. They did lose Javon Hargrave but did really good in the draft and reloading, getting Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter, uh, two guys that can have a day one impact, I think, on the pass rush, bringing back uh, a very successful offensive line. I mean, you got Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith. Uh, you should be pretty good. I mean, for me, the biggest, I guess, concern uh, surface level is they did lose both of their coordinators. Now, they lost Jonathan Gannon, who some could argue – uh, addition by subtraction, really not making any sort of adjustments in the Chiefs game and really hung the team out to dry a bunch of felt at times. And then they also um, lost their offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, who was a play caller. He's heading to Indianapolis, uh, head coach there of the Colts. Well, I, I think that, um, you know, we'll see. They promoted the QB coach, Brian Johnson, who had a great relationship with Jalen Hurts, like kind of a lifelong thing. Uh, that's kind of how that got he got the quarterback job. He's not going to be the play caller. That's certainly a, a point of concern if he can just pick up where things left off. Because originally, uh, you know, Nick Sirianni was the play caller, and and they they had some trouble there. They switched it to Steichen, uh, went on a nice run in that first year to close things out on a positive note. So I would say right now, surface level, the coordinators uh, losing them uh, is the biggest concern. But yeah, that's kind of like a good problem to have, right? If you're losing your coordinators, it means you're probably a pretty good team. And, and, you know, you lose the Super Bowl and you get a top 10 pick uh, without losing any major key, you know, major cogs uh, to that. You, you got to feel pretty good. When, and we're used to losing coordinators over. Yeah. And over. <laughs> and over again. I think it did catch up to us finally. But I'm looking at, you know, a team that a couple years ago had won a Super Bowl. Um, was a stack. It was a stacked roster. Never quite made it back. And then Doug Peterson's fired. Before you know it, they hire this guy, Nick Sirianni. Who the heck is Nick Sirianni? Who's this guy? <laughs> yeah. Team. Oh no! I mean, they got so much. I don't know if you remember. I mean, it it certainly was all our world was when he he did that first introductory press conference on Zoom, and he's going, um, I think the simple systems, and became a laughing stock. And then he starts out two and five people were calling him a high school coach and ready to run him out of town. So yeah, he got off to a, a very rough start, but again, how much is it of his coaching, which I think is big, but really the emergence of Jalen hurts taking that big leap from last year to this year as a passer, uh, just as a, as a quarterback, as a leader, putting in the time, putting in the work and just really taking his passing game up to the next level. And you give a guy like him, AJ Brown, like AJ Brown makes a lot of quarterbacks look good. I mean, look at Ryan Tannehill with and without AJ Brown. It's a big difference. Mm -hmm. So I think having that safety blanket of AJ Brown really makes a lot of quarterbacks look better. And then, and then the work he put in to kind of take his game to the next level. So how does, I mean, I, I hesitate to call it a rebuild because you had pieces there. But it's definitely a reload. How does reload happen so quickly to where you have those questions around Sirianni and then all of a sudden you're, go, you're off to a Super Bowl and a couple of things change in that game and you're winning that Super Bowl. This isn't the team that got blown out by anything or anything about Kansas City. You guys oh, no, no. I, oh, I know. I know. If that, if that, if the, the, that defensive holding call, which, yes, mm -hmm. technically a defensive holding call, do you need to call that in a Super Bowl in a game deciding play? When you haven't, that was the first defensive holding call. Again, holding you can call a lot or a little. I I would have put my whistle away uh, there as a referee. But that aside, to your point, like they reloaded 
pretty well. I mean, uh, first you have to start with they were able to survive the Carson Wentz debacle. I, I was I was a big Carson Wentz guy. I still have the uh, the holes in my wall of ripping down the fat head and the the paint sticking to the fat head when I ripped down my Carson Wentz fat head. I've cursed Howie Roseman again, deciding to pick Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. Uh, not a great decision, but to Howie's credit, one he got out of the uh, Carson Wentz contract by trading him to the Colts and getting something back in return. Two, at the time when they drafted uh, Jalen Hurts, I thought it was a mistake. I thought it was a, a a waste to use a second round pick on a backup quarterback. But turns out they needed that guy, and turns out he really uh, was the key to making this a rebuild. You have a window, I think, as a franchise if you're getting a uh, high-level player to your quarterback on a rookie contract because it allows you to bring in a guy like A.J. Brown. It allows you to bring in Darius Slay, uh, these high-priced people around him. It allows you to pay, you know, stud tackles in Jordan Mailata and Lane Johnson. And that's the other, I would say that's the other thing is consistently through the Eagles' tenure, they've had really good offensive line play. Like, they just build from the offensive and defensive line. And if you have those studs in the trenches and you have um their uh their, their they have a very good uh Howard Mund is like an all-time offensive line coach so he can turn guys that are okay into really good. I mean Jordan Mailata, their starting left tackle, he never played football before they drafted him. Drafted him in the 7th round. So you to get your franchise left tackle in the 7th round, a guy you literally had to teach how to play football, maybe that balances out the the Jalen Rager uh misstep there on drafting him. But really, let's be honest, it's about Jalen Hurts, right? Because you're getting MVP level play from your quarterback on a rookie contract. And that allows Howie to pay a bunch of other free agents, re-sign guys, keep them in the building, and give them a good roster. It's interesting you say that because I can, you know, look the Rams are now and we're our fans are like it's it's gonna be a reload. No, this is gonna be a rebuild. This is gonna be a rebuild. And I can tell you it's it wasn't the first couple of injuries in 2022 where I knew things were going to change. It wasn't the golf trade. It was when they signed golf to his extension. And before they had the freedom to, to play with money and move things around, that was actually the beginning of the end of the run. Fortunately for us, we got a Super Bowl out of it. Now, flash forwarding to you guys, He's going to be entering his third year. I'm guessing they're going to go ahead and, and pick up his fifth. You know, he doesn't know there's no fifth year option for a second rounder. So you have him third year and then your fourth year, and then you got to do something with him. Is there any? Well, yeah, of- they, they already, they, so yeah, they did, uh, they did resign him. And part of it was an extension and adding all these other years on. But again, Howie kind of a cap genius, he really deferred. Uh, a ton of the uh, the cap hits until like the fourth and fifth year. Like it's it's completely backloaded. So these next they they've extended their window to a pretty nice range here. Like I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but like it's you know three million, then six million, then eighteen, then like twenty five, and then there's a couple balloon years at the end. Which ideally you restructure. The cap has gone up so much by then. Yes, Maybe hurts yeah. hurts has fizzled out. Whatever it is. They've done a good job of they got the re-sign done. And again, how he is a cap whiz. They were able to lock him up. Um, you know, they were able to give him at the time, and it's not going to last long because it sounds like Burroughs deal is going to surpass him, but quote unquote, technically the most high paid uh, quarterback in the league. Obviously, it's not all guaranteed like it was with, um, you know, Deshaun Watson. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that deal in my mind is is really pretty good. Obviously, if, you know, knock on wood, career ending injury or something or completely falls off the cliff, a la Carson Wentz, they could be in a little bit of trouble. But again, how are you getting out of that Carson Wentz deal? I'm just all in on him as a general manager, not only being able to figure out these trades, but also to to manage and massage the cap. So now you're coming off, coming off the Super Bowl run. You have a draft where you had a top 10 pick. What do you like about this draft that's going to help the Eagles take that next step in 2023? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess like, let's just start with, I, I think one element that they were missing was uh, Javon Hargrave, 
defensive tackle. They lost him. He was probably the biggest guy they lost roster wise. And they filled it with Jalen Carter. Now, I if you followed the draft, Jalen Carter, a mm-hmm. bunch of uh, off-field issues with the street racing and possible work ethic issues. But we'll see. I mean, if you listen to any sort of talent evaluators, the dude is just a, a straight-up beast. Uh, you know, we also have Jordan Davis, another just big boy from uh, from Georgia. I mean, the amount of Georgia defend- uh, defenders they've drafted over the years is just kind of crazy. And then Nolan Smith, like they got Nolan Smith at 30. I did my mock draft and I had them get Nolan Smith at 10. And I was like, all right, I like this. Now, Nolan Smith is a pretty, you know, I guess the knock on him or why he was drafted 30th is he's a smaller guy. Uh, and and people are worried that uh, can you really be a regular pass rusher with that frame? Hassan Reddick, also kind of a smaller guy, other edge rusher there. But I love the I'm really excited to see this defensive line rotation. I'm really excited to see Jordan Davis hopefully take a step up uh, this year. And Nicobe Dean was a the guy they drafted. Again, another Georgia defender there on the defensive side of the ball. Him take a step up. So they really did seem to focus on defense. I mean, I, I'm excited to see Hertz uh, on the offensive side. Every year he's played football at a high level, whether it was Alabama, Oklahoma, his rookie year, his second year, and his third year, he's improved as a passer. So I don't know if we've quite seen his ceiling as a passer. I'm confident the running is going to be there. I'm confident the the decision-making, the ball control, that kind of stuff will still be there. But I, I think there could be another level he gets to, especially when you put good receivers like A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith around him. Now, what about in free agency? What, was there anything in free agency that really kind of helped fill in gaps? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the – the most interesting they, thing they did in free agency, uh, well, and also the draft. Like there was the uh, draft day trade for DeAndre Swift, and then they also signed uh, Rashad Penny in free agency. So they did lose Miles Sanders again. I think that's unfortunate. I like Miles, but if you say can the combination of Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift make up for the production we got out of Miles Sanders, I feel pretty good about that. Obviously, Rashad Penny's had some injury issues. You know, DeAndre Swift has had some issues here with consistency, but I think between those two guys, we'll get enough to make up with what we're missing with Miles Sanders. Uh, The other thing is just you have that offensive line. So, you know, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott, like I think you can almost, I don't want to say you can plug any running back in there, but I feel like I could probably rush for like three, 400 yards in the season. If you give give me that Eagles offensive line and – the the read option stuff, the the fact that they have to play Jalen Hurts as a runner, and you know the the passing game itself is it's really tough to key in on the running back. So I, I don't think you need a tremendous talent. You don't need a Saquon Barkley or or someone like that. And I apologize for complimenting a Giants uh, player on here. I normally don't do that, but uh, I, I think a lot of guys can succeed in this system. So I, I think they're pretty well set up, but they did need to find someone for Miles Sanders. I think the combination DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, I think is a, is a good fill-in. So looking at the schedule here going forward, I, I look at that schedule, especially the first half of it, and think, oh my gosh, this is, they should be rolling into the Jets game unbeaten. They should be rolling into the Dallas game unbeaten. I, I don't, this schedule to me is very manageable for a first place schedule. Looking at, you know, New England in week one, I mean, they don't, they don't scare you anymore. Minnesota doesn't scare anybody. Tampa Bay's not scaring anybody. Washington's not scaring. Of course, I know the Rams aren't going to scare anybody this year. Uh, <laughs> you're going, the Jets will probably be a bit tougher. That'll be your toughest game probably at that point. The Miami the following week. I mean, that's, those are tougher games. But, there's nothing here until really week nine, of the Cowboys, then you're by week, week 11 at the chiefs. That's going to be, Ooh, that's going to be a lot of fun. It's tough. So yeah, like my thoughts on the schedule, I'm with you. Those first nine weeks, all very manageable. Like I, I if you're, if you're a betting person, I think the Eagles are favored. Uh, the look ahead line in every game this season, with the exception of, week 11 at Monday night in Kansas city. Now they have their bye week before that. Unfortunately, the chiefs do as well, but then it's at Kansas city, Buffalo at home, 49ers at home at Dallas at Seattle, which is that's a brutal, brutal five game stretch. 
However, I think those first nine games can set them up to be in a pretty good spot. Even if they go two and three here in those five games, they finish with Giants at home, Cardinals at home at Giants on Saturday, uh, on Sunday, January 7th. So the last three games, I think, are all very, very winnable for them as well. If they're playing for seeding, if they're playing for a playoff spot, whatever it is, if they really need a couple games there at the end, or maybe even they're in a position where they can sit some starters. Um, but to your point, yeah, like those first nine games, very manageable for the team. And then, yeah, they have a really rough five game stretch, but I think that's, if I had to pick a five game stretch, like that's kind of where I want it because I do think it's important to get off to a good start. It's important to kind of be dialed in after, after a Super Bowl loss. I mean, if you had that five game stretch to start the season, you're coming off a Super Bowl loss, maybe you start off two and three. And that's where maybe some confidence issues come into play. Maybe there's some locker it's room some issues. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's just, you want to be able to start out fast and, and end fast. And obviously being a first place team, you're going to have some tough games. I'd rather them in the middle there. So I think they have a perfect schedule. I think they have a perfect schedule. It sets up I, I like really nicely. Saying. I mean, like, like you don't, Nobody can possibly, and I know Dallas doesn't scare you, but on the outside looking in, Dallas can give them some problems. So, okay, so nothing really, in my view, really frightens them at all, quote, frightens them until week nine. And you're going to, and I think you'll win that game at home. So, really, it's week 11. Chiefs, Bills, Niners, then not the Cowboys. Seahawks aren't going to scare me either. But, so really, to me, that, that, that is right at, the point in the season where you've already kind of set the table, like you're talking about, I just can't think of a more perfect set to go through something like that. I, I am an Eagles fan. I'm thrilled. Honestly, I'm thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like your optimism, optimism. I know some Eagles fans are uh, worried about the schedule and this and that, but man, I, I'm with you. This, this is very manageable. And again, the way I broke it down was I, I think, four and two in the division. Maybe we lose one to Dallas and maybe we lose one between the, the games uh, between New York and, and Washington. Cause it's division games. Kind of anything can happen. And then you got to go seven and three in the remaining games. So we could lose the Kansas city and Buffalo uh, take out San Francisco and then still have two other non-division losses and still get to a place um or so, so you could even be seven and four there if you're looking at eleven and six, uh, or you know, or eight and three yeah. to get twelve and five. I, mean, I think I think twelve and five wins the division again. I mean, they were fourteen and three with uh, Jalen Hurts missing two games. I, I it, it's weird for me because obviously I'm so insanely biased being a diehard Eagles fan, but he, Jalen Hurts lost two games last year. One was a, a fluke division game. Uh, against the against the Washington Commanders, and the other one was the Super Bowl, where it, it kind of came. I mean, if anyone let him down, it would be the defense. They lost the three points to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Other than that, he won every single game. So it's hard to even if I'm coming at it with a pessimistic attitude, it's it's tough to really be that down on this team. I know injuries happen, regression yeah. happens, that kind of stuff. But I think even if you factor all that in. 12 and five is still a pretty reasonable number for this team. Is, it, is that where you are? Is the over under free 12 and five? Yeah, I, I got it. I got it at 12 and five. I, I, people thought I was crazy last year when I said uh, 12 and five. They're like, oh, you're an insane homer. Meanwhile, they ended up being 14 and three with uh, Gardner Minshew starting and losing two games and not looking uh, too great uh, while he did that. So, yeah, I, at 12 and five is where I got him right now. Well, Sean, thanks so much for taking the time to visit with us, letting us know all about the Seagulls team. Um, I'm not looking forward to their visit to LA. I, I <laughs> uh, you never know. It's be hey, and, and, but I, I know, I know you were saying you're down on the Rams and and not super optimistic. I, here's what I would say, because on the Sports Gambling Podcast, we've been doing some uh, some like NFL future stuff. I do think this, like, I, I, it can go wrong for the Rams, you know, outsiders take. It can go wrong for the Rams a lot of ways. But I think the path of it going right for the Rams is 
is there, right? And so I think in the in the betting market, you know, Rams to win the division, Matt Stafford comeback player of the year at like a hundred to one. Like they're really getting no respect in the market. I I think, and I I I don't know your complete handicap on them, but the roster is kind of thin. Uh, there's obviously some holes on this team, but there's a world where things kind of break right for them. Uh, you got San Francisco in the division where it's unclear who their quarterback is. I'm not as high on Geno Smith as everyone else is. And I, I just don't think anyone believes Arizona is a legit contender. Now it, Rams obviously have their issues, but I think if you're looking at some like longer shot stuff or again, like comeback player of the year uh, for Stafford or stuff like that there, or even you know week one uh, against Seattle, getting like six points, being a really big dog. I, I think, I think they're getting disrespected a little too much, at least in the gambling world. Yeah, I mean, as a guy who covers them, though, and seeing that their schedule, which is brutal, <laughs> uh, seeing what they did to tear it down, it's not that I'm down the Rams. I, I know what they're doing. And, and they take a lot of heat for, say, hey, F those picks. Well, before <laughs> you know it, you know, with all the movement they had, the only pick missing for the Rams in this last draft was their first round pick. They have picks in every other round. They left with, yeah. with, with 10 players and they drafted according to need, which is something they haven't always done in recent years. So there was a lot to like about what they're doing. They're clearing money. 2024, they have a lot of space there. They can, they can do a pretty quick turnaround, well, a lot quicker than people realize. But it comes a realization that 2023, you know, it's. Probably <laughs> going to be a train wreck, and they're probably going to be drafting their franchise quarterback next year, and they're probably going to be really awful to watch. And I'm, you know what? You got a ring out of it, dude. Yeah. I can't complain. No, I, I mean, got you guys, as a gambler, you guys went all in and it hit, and you know now you gotta gotta figure it out. So I think a lot of teams would certainly uh, trade spots with you guys. So. Uh, looking for and, and I wish you guys the best of luck minus that game against us or uh, any possible playoff situation. But well, uh, yeah, this is a lot of fun. And I think one thing we all have in common is we all hate the 49ers. So, yes. I mean, yeah. Oh, my it, God. I've never been a part <laughs> of an entire team with. A, did they have a meeting and go, hey, make sure you whine as much in every possible. <laughs> hey, they're they're arguing for getting every, the rules changed. It yes. was. I cannot wait for that game. That game is circled on every Eagles fan's calendar. That's why we call them the whiners. And I 40 remember, whiners, baby. You know, and I remember going out a, year, a couple of years ago to see them play at the Coliseum. It was it was the 2017 season. The Rams had had benched everybody. Everybody. They were playing their third, fourth string guys against the Niners first stringers. And, of course, they knocked the crap out of us. And I'll never forget all these Niners fans leaving the stadium just go, Attacking. Yeah, going, dude, you guys suck. <laughs> yeah. And, and amazingly, all the trash they talk, and they still can't win a Super Bowl. They won a Super Bowl in, in 30 years. No. And you're still so living great. off we, that. Yes. <laughs> Most of our podcast is just spent making fun of Trey Lance and, and them trading up to draft Trey Lance. I still cannot wrap my head around that. That was an insane oh. trade. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I and they're and they're lucky. They're they're lucky they struck on Brock Purdy. And if yeah, he comes seriously. back fine, they're they're lucky. Because if not, their whole entire future at quarterback is messed is messed up for three or four years. So yeah. you know, that's one thing we can share. Well, hey, can you let people know where they can find your work? I, you got two different podcasts you mentioned earlier. Uh when especially this, for the gamblers in here. When does your sports gambling podcast drop? Where can they find it? So on and so forth. Yeah, we're putting out episodes uh, basically every day. Sports gambling podcast. Obviously, we're talking NBA playoffs right now. A little bit of baseball, and then breaking down a ton of the uh, NFL futures market. Just did offensive, defensive player of the year bets, stuff like that. Even early looks to win totals, week ones. Uh, we do uh, team previews. For uh, all 32 NFL teams, breaking it down from a gambling point of view, bunch of fantasy content as well. Uh, just put in Sports Gambling Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Can't miss us at Gambling Podcast on Twitter. And then uh, Die Hard Eagles. If you're a fellow Eagles fan, 
stumbled upon this Rams podcast, come check us out over there as well. Dire Eagles podcast. Can't miss us. Thanks so much. And uh, maybe we'll be talking again in a couple months when these two teams meet in the field. Go birds. All right. I'm not going to lie. Eagles are loaded. I can't believe they found a way to get better after that Super Bowl run last year. They, they, they've done pretty much everything right. And they're built to win for a while to come. I like the moves they've made. They're dangerous. They are explosive. The question now for them is, can Jalen Hurts be that guy who stays healthy and keeps improving? Because I think a couple of Super Bowl rigs are probably in this future. So there you go. That's our first installment of the tour on the league. Stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at Talk Rams. Follow me on Twitter, DC Apollo. And we'll be back soon with a new installment. Right here.